0: Bucketheads, we are back. This is Joe with at CBB DFS with me as always Bird and James and we are back with another Saturday morning shoot around podcast. Bird James, how we doing tonight? Doing great. Yeah, doing real well. Well, let's, let's let's not waste any time, all right? Let's get right back in. Let's get right into our outline. Let's dive into the action. By now, this is our ninth one of these, so people know how the podcast goes. People know what we're going to do. They don't need us to banter back and forth. We were off last weekend for Valentine's Day. That's okay. Got to keep the spouses happy. We didn't get any new reviews. Bird, correct me if I'm wrong. Nothing on, on uh, iTunes, but we did get a new uh, site review, right?
1: We did. We got one on the website. We got a. We had a five-star rating on iTunes, uh, which was really nice. Uh, again, you know, if, if folks want to leave a review, uh, or or rate us, uh, that would be great. We appreciate it. Um, tell your friends. Uh, March Madness is coming. Let's try to continue to build the, the CBB community. Uh, but like Joe said, one internet review, and it was from Tanner Reese, and it says, "This has been the best place for CBB DFS info." My friends and I will discuss CBB info. And we always follow the CBB, the at CBB DFS advice. Uh, I have tried, and so he talks about, uh, a couple different competitors. You know, I've, I've tried a, you know, this site. I've tried this site and they only go three days a week or, you know, they're kind of expensive. Uh, CBB DFS is free and goes almost, if not seven days a week. I've won four tickets in the month of January, big Tuesday throwdowns and 14 tickets in February. Uh, he's saving up some of those for March. But if you're looking for the best of the best, you found it. So Tanner, we appreciate it. I know Tanner sent a lot of screenshots to us. He's had a really good uh, season this year, so we're really excited. We, we've got a lot of screenshots this last week, a lot of thanks. Uh, keep sending those as well. That's what kind of keeps us going. I guess the other thing I'd mention here, there are other options. The, the CBB community is really good. There's a lot of really good resources out there. There's a lot of good folks. We're planning to be around for the long haul. Uh, we really enjoy doing this. We spend, I don't know, 20, 30 hours a week, probably writing our content. It may not always be free. Uh, it'll probably be, you know, a, a small entry fee a month, maybe down the road, you know, depending on things or, you know, a cup of coffee that would allow us to continue to provide great content and maybe even increase, uh, some of the, some of the things that we can provide. But, uh, you know, we, we really enjoy doing this. Uh, really appreciate the reviews and, and keep those coming. Joe, James, anything you guys want to add to that?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I'll, I'll second that. Uh, we definitely have had a really good week, and we've seen a lot of those screenshots come in. Um, been a busy week, but a lot of winning out there, so that's nice to see. And that's really good because there isn't a lot of hoops left. What, we got two full Saturday slates left, and then then we're starting mid-major conference tournaments. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're getting really, really close. to us. Three weeks from Sunday is Selection Sunday. The season's flown by, but it's it's about to be the best time of year, and we could not be more excited.
0: Absolutely. So tonight, or today, uh, we've got the $15 entry fee, 3Ks going to first. Um, But outside of that, Bird, there's a bunch of uh, Mania bracket qualifiers and satellites for those qualifiers out there as well, right?
1: Yeah, they've got a a few bracket Mania qualifiers. Uh, They have some satellites to that CBB tournament that's $300 entry. Uh, They also looks like they've added some new qualifiers. There's a $15 uh, opening round qualifier that's out there. So a lot of great options. The slate's maybe not the most exciting slate ever, uh, but we'll try to dive in and find some value.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Before we do that, though, I want to get to – we did ask uh, the Twitterverse for some questions, and uh, we got three of them today. Um, James, I'm going to have you answer the first one for us. Nick uh, Sagona, and I apologize if I'm messing that last name up. But Nick Sagona asks, during lineup construction, my lineups are usually coming down to two players versus different two players. And I think we've all kind of been there and in that spot. But yes, if, James, if you have any tips on making the right choice more often than not on which two you should go to when you're down to those last last couple spots.
2: Yeah, I mean it's a great question. I think it's a question that you know we all wish that we uh, had good answers to. I, I guess in short, I would say you know if you if you're in a tournament that you could play both variations of those lineups or three or four variations of that lineup around a core group of players that you have i mean that's that's a pretty popular thing to do Uh, get multiple lineups in built around Mm -hmm. cores otherwise you know if you're in a gpp tournament you might just look at if one guy shows maybe a little bit higher ceiling maybe isn't as consistent i tend to like those guys a little bit better i'm a little bit more of a gambler that way i'm no game theory expert i'm definitely more of the college basketball fan uh, of the group i think but those are some of the things that I look at is, is, you know, especially in GPP, I want to try to make a splash. and. Yeah.
0: You play um, to win
2: the game. Play to win the game. That's right. That's right. From <laughs> Edwards, baby.
0: Awesome. Hey, Bird, next one I'm going to throw to you. This is from Arm Football. I uh, got a basketball question here. He said, thoughts on best method of lineup construction, high price studs and duds, or balanced salaries across the lineup? And I think every DFS players had this one, too. So what's your take, Bird?
1: Yeah, another good question. And, and this kind of correlates well with the, with the first question. Uh, like James talked about, I think part of it, you have to think about what type of tournament that you're in. Maybe in, in a cash type of environment where you're playing head to head or you're playing a 50 50 or a double up. Uh, maybe it makes more sense to have that balance type of lineup where you're going to have a more consistent output, you know, week in and week out versus if you're in a tournament and you're trying to get first, uh, maybe that's when you're trying to use a stars and scrubs type of lineup where you're, Filling up a, a few value plays along with trying to get some of those high priced guys that can, can smash a slate. Um, I did go back and yeah. look like this week. I went and looked at the, uh, the winners of all the main tournaments and it completely varied, right? There was one that didn't have a player that was less than 5,300 on their roster. Uh, on Wednesday, there was, there was one who had three players that were 4,300 or less.
0: So that's crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it just really, it depends on the slate. It depends on the value and injuries are typically what creates the value. If there are some value plays out there, maybe a Stars and Scrub makes sense. Consider the type of uh, tournament that you're playing in, if it's cash or if it's a GPP, and uh, what what level of risk tolerance you have, right? Like James talked about, if you're okay having a miss here every, here and there, knowing that that guy might also get you 40, then, then do that as well. So it's really personal preference.
0: I agree with that, and I think when we're looking at when we, – we're going to get into Saturday's slate here in a minute, but I think when we're looking at Saturday's slate where you see a lot of low totals and, and no, like, true track meets, I have the sense tomorrow is going to be one of those 220s is going to put you in a pretty good spot in most GPPs. So I'm probably looking for a little more high floor guys tomorrow, which would be more of that consistent lineup than that Stars and Scrubs approach. But, again, like Bert said, it, it's really how you're feeling and how you want to construct it. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Joe. Um, last one here, and I'll, I'll let everybody chime in on this one, but this is from Eric Yates. Um, he asks, at this point in the season, who are your favorite sub-$5,000 auto plays? And he specifically calls out uh, D. Scott from Maryland. Monty Scott from Temple is someone that's uh, approaching his level of love fast. He likes Jalen Cohn, James, that's one of your ACC boys um, who can go for 15 quickly and a half. Um, so real quick, we'll just kind of whip around our group First name that pops into your mind when we're saying traditionally sub 5K that you just kind of automatically know you can put him in.
2: One guy I'll mention that I'll just briefly mention him because I'm going to talk about him in detail a little bit more later, but for Virginia, that Wolden Tensei. He's a guy that we talked about early on in the season before the season started. He transferred in and uh, he kind of was going to kind of come in and be the sharpshooter role. It took a, a while for him to kind of get off the ground. He split minutes with Marcel. He's been playing really well lately. Um, he's priced at 4800 this weekend actually and so he, he's a guy that I I kind of look at a lot and see him down there and he's a guy I'd like to take a chance on he's had some big games this year already yeah what about you Bert
1: yeah well one the one that you've talked about a lot Joe is Marlon Taylor from LSU yeah. uh he you know he's he's getting a lot more minutes lately some of those other guys like Rob Edwards and uh, uh Christian Brown Isaiah Moss Edwards price has gone up because he's done really well lately Brown and Moss um, from Kansas are kind of splitting time now, which has kind of hurt their ceilings a little bit. Um, those are some guys for a while. Again, I really think it comes down to injuries at this point of the year. DK's pricing is pretty, pretty sharp at this point. Um, and so so injuries really are the ones that are, are going to create a lot of value at this point.
0: Yeah, the only thing um, I'll interject there is being the guy who's on top of the SEC for our group here. Um, the SEC is not a real deep conference. So you get the teams like LSU, Auburn, Kentucky, alabama these teams aren't super deep so when they do need to get into their bench there's normally some value so marlon taylor we talked about but you look at a Keon brooks jr now for kentucky who's getting run trey man for florida beetle Bowen for alabama these are guys who are always in that four thousand dollar range who at any given time can go off or with the slightest of injury or hot streak could get an extended run so what I do, uh, I don't really have – I'm not going to pick one guy who's under 5K. That's an auto play. But if I'm looking for someone in that range, I immediately go to the bench of the SEC.
1: Yeah, Adriel Bailey, maybe another one. Who's, who's, he's mm-hmm. he's 4,900 right now, but he's been getting steady minutes as well.
0: For sure, for sure. Well, thanks for the question, guys. We appreciate those coming in. Uh, it gives us a little, little flavor before we just d- dive into the, uh, the meat and potatoes. But now it's that time. Now it's time to get into our don't go overboard, our treadwater and our dive in games. We got 10 games on the slate. We're going to start with the four that we've identified in our don't go overboard section. These are games that we don't want too much exposure to. And uh, as usual, Bird's going to drive us through these games. Hand off to our uh, point person and, and we'll, we'll move through these pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, and we'll probably move through this one really, really fast. Virginia is at Pittsburgh. <laughs> is that it has and, a 109 over/under. Yeah, my God. Yeah, so Pittsburgh is a one-point home favorite against Virginia, like Joe said, a 109 over/under. Uh, two teams that play some of the slowest tempo in the entire nation. Uh, James, this is this is one of your conferences. Uh, woof, 109 is horrible.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you don't want much exposure to this game for sure. I'll highlight a couple guys here real quick. I mean, both teams play pretty shallow lineups, and so guys do get a lot of minutes and stuff. So there are a couple guys you might consider. But uh, Champagne, Justin Champagny from Pittsburgh, uh, he's the best rebounder on that team. Virginia is a pretty bad offensive rebounding team. They give up a lot of defensive rebounds. Um, so he's a guy maybe you could look at. Tony, 6,000 for Pitt. He plays all the minutes. He's had close to 5X in the last couple games. So he's in pretty good form right now. And then, as I mentioned earlier, with Walda Tensei, he's 4,800, uh, this week. Marcel's been struggling with an ankle injury. He's had 5X in, uh, you know, three of the last four games he's played in, getting up double digit shot attempts. So he's a guy that's in really good form, finally starting to come around. So you might be able to get him for a value, but overall, don't stretch out on that game. It's, it's going to be a bad one.
0: And then, Bird, you your bust play, we're still going to do our cash value, GPP, and bust predictions. Bird, your bust predictions from this game as well, right?
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, Mamadi uh, Diakite um, for Virginia, he has $7,000. Again, we talked about it, a 109 over-under is just pathetic. Pittsburgh actually gives up the 33rd most points in the nation to threes, so there's more of an advantage to the guards, like James talked about with Walden Tensai. Might be a better option than some of the big men down low for Virginia. Uh, Diakite needs uh, 28 to hit value, which he's only done once in his last four games. He averages 3.5 DK points less on the road. And so I- I'm going to fade this entire game. But for my formal bust pick, it is going to be uh, Diaquite.
0: It's crazy. There's eight players in this game that are basically $6,000 or more. Will any of those eight players make any of your lineups?
1: Tony's the only one I would even remotely consider. And, and I'm not and I'm not going to blame him. <laughs>
2: I don't think so. It's too big of a slate. There's just better it options is. out there, safer uh. options out there for sure.
0: agree. Well, hey, um, then <laughs> the next section um, of our Don't Go Overboard group is brought to you by the Big 12. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hot. Uh, Bird, since you are Big 12 guys, uh, why don't you take, take the lead and just ask James and I when you want us to chirp in.
1: Yeah, the first one we have here is Texas at Kansas State. And Kansas State is a two-point home favorite with an over-under of 124. Again, some some really slow-paced teams here. For Texas, I do have uh, my value play in this game is Will Baker um, from Texas. He is a forward at 4,100. As our bucket heads know, Jericho Sims is out for the rest of the season. Uh, Kamaka Hepa hasn't really done much. Uh, so Shaka turned to Will Baker last game, and he responded in a huge way, uh, dropped 20 Big real top. points. Yeah, That the 20 points was more than he scored the whole season combined. Oh, okay. So.
0: <laughs> but hey he, Bird, what's uh? I saw Kai Jones got uh 35 minutes or something in that game as well. He's a f- freshman big. Is that is that right? Do, do we know any more about him?
1: Yeah, Kai Jones is a, a you know he's gonna get 30 plus minutes. Great shot blocker. Another cheap value option. Uh, Courtney Ramey has 35 DK in back to back games. So if Matthew mm-hmm. Coleman is out at point guard, uh, he should see a ton of usage. And like I mentioned, Will Baker was a top 35 recruit. Guy who can stretch the floor. So there are a couple options here. They are on the road. From a Kansas State perspective, Cartier de Jara got to fight with Weber last game. So who knows what his status is? Xavier Sneed got banged up a little bit. They're both overpriced to me in a game that's 124 over under. The Wildcats play a super deep bench. Uh, you kind of don't know who's going to do what between David Sloan and Dewan Gordon and, and some of those Montavious Murphy. You just don't know really know what you're going to get. So again, another game I'm probably going to avoid. Um, but was there any other, any other plays that you guys saw here or anybody that you guys wanted to point out?
0: For me, it was just Kai Jones, um, just because I, I wasn't too familiar with him. But then when I read your stuff on Will Baker, I think that's someone I'll probably have a couple shares for, because someone's going to have to score in this game.
1: They do. They're they're so banged up down low that I think Jones is probably going to play. Is probably has the safer minutes, but Baker really flashed last game and, and can can really extend the floor. I think he hit four threes. Um, I think they're both in play as as, as decent value options. Just don't like just don't walk. go 100% don't that. ownership here because <laughs> it's a 124 over under, right? All right. Well, why don't we move on to the next one? So the next one is West Virginia at TCU. West Virginia is a seven point road favorite with an over under of 127. Oscar Sheby's got four X and basically five straight games. I, I, Sheby's always in play. He's just a you know a walking double double. Uh, James, I know you've got a couple of your plays. Uh, you have a bust yeah. and you also have a value play in this game. Do you want to talk about those a little bit?
2: Yeah, piggyback off to Shwebe, Derek Culver, who's kind of losing minutes uh, game after game. His price has actually plummeted over the last month. So he's a guy that I'm going to pick as my bus pick. Uh, he's only 6,500, which made me a little cautious to pick him. <laughs> but with the game, TCU is not, not a great matchup for him anyway. And uh, again, not getting a whole lot of minutes at this point. So So I'm going to go with him. And then for my value play, I'm actually going to go with Taz Sherman. Uh, for West Virginia, he's a guard at uh, 4100. He started the last couple of games, averaged 22 minutes a game. The last two, he's more of a sharpshooter, so he's he's really helped the team. TCU not very good at defending the three, so he's had six x four x last couple games. Granted, on the road, but I think the matchup's good, so that's a guy sure. I'll be looking at as a as a value play. Expanding on
0: that Culver stuff, because I I, well, I saw the 6500 and I was like, ooh, there's a there's a potential sneaky play, but then you're right, James. Once you start peeling back the layers of the onions, you you want to cry. In his last 10 games, he's averaging about 22 DK per game. This is at his price tag. He still needs 26 to hit value. And he's also averaging less than 22 DK per game on the road, which is where this game is at. So I don't see anything that, you know, any tea leaves that have me thinking this is going to be the spot where he breaks out.
1: Yep, I completely agree. Uh, From a TCU perspective, West Virginia has given up, you know, they gave up 84 points on the road to Kansas State. They gave up 89 points to Texas Tech on the road. So and those aren't world meeting. They're pacey. Offenses.
0: West Virginia's pacey. So I mean, if they're not turning you over or really making you work that hard on offense, you know, they, they can be had because of the pace they want to play at.
1: Yeah, so so I think Desmond Baines definitely in play. He's averaging 30k uh, 37 DK points at home. He's in solid form. He's had 34 DK points in four of his last five, including a forty and a fifty burger. Kevin Samuel, the first time they faced, had some foul trouble, uh, but his size is really needed against that massive West Virginia front line. And uh, finally, I, I haven't played R.J. Nevhard all year, but he's averaging 26 DK at home. He's got 24% usage, and he's sitting around right around 4x in six of his last seven games. So he's probably a reasonable play. And I, I don't think Bane, going back to him, I don't think he'll have much ownership just because people are scared of seeing West Virginia. But they have not been as good on the road, so so I think Bane could get loose uh, as maybe a lower owned uh, GPP option.
0: Awesome. Well, I think we're good on that one. Let's go to the big twelve game of the day. And honestly, maybe not for DFS purposes, but for the basketball fan, this might be the game of the day.
1: Um, game of the month, probably. I mean, this is this is <laughs> just a huge big one,
0: this one is versus huge.
1: three? Yeah, this is a big one. So and everybody remembers Baylor, I mean, start to finish just steamrolled Kansas in, in Allen Fieldhouse, which never ever ever happens. Super impressive performance. So uh, Baylor is a one point home favorite with an over under of one twenty seven. Yeah, this game is going to be awesome. Joe, like you said, I don't, it's not the, the greatest DFS game. Um, I think for KU, you can always play Dotson. You can always play Azabuki. Marcus Garrett is up to 7,500. Awesome player. Probably certainly the defensive player of the year in the Big 12, maybe in the nation, but 7,500 this feels, feels a little rich for a third wheel. Sure. And then, and then Isaiah Moss and Christian Brown are both playing a lot of minutes, but they're kind of canceling each other out. So it's really hard to, to pick between those two from a value play. So any other any other people you guys like from the Jayhawk perspective there?
2: You know, I look back at that last game, Bird, uh, Kansas shot. They've struggled from shooting from three this year, but they shot 27 percent. Baylor shot 42 percent. What's Kansas have to do or do they have to shoot the three better in this game in order to to have a shot at winning it? Or is there something else they need to do? Personally, I think this is going to be
1: a defensive battle. I think Kansas is going to, is going to really try to clamp down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not the best defending the perimeter, um, defending the three. Um, but I could see this being a real just dog fight. I mean, this is going to be just a huge game. Energy should be at an all time high. I, I, I think you are right though. Kansas does need to hit shots. You know, Agbaji hitting threes from the corner. Uh, maybe Brown can hit a few threes. Uh, Dotson's playing really, really well right now. They also need to keep Azabuki out of foul trouble. But Baylor, Baylor is really, really good, and if Baylor's hitting from outside, they're they're tough to beat. Uh, Macy O'Teague is questionable; if he's out. Uh, Devonte Bandu will play 35 plus minutes at five thousand dollars, and then I really like Jared Butler. Uh, he's heating up again. He's got 38 and 40 DK in his last two, and he had 39 uh, DraftKings points against Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse last game, so he's another strong option. So it should be an awesome game. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, won't no, get to bro- watch it because I'll be driving to my in-laws,
0: I'm and real. so I'll have to
1: watch it on my phone. <laughs>
0: Don't watch it on your phone while driving. That would be dangerous, wouldn't
1: it? That would be dangerous. I think the wife is going to drive, and I am going to sit go. in the passenger seat and ignore my children and try to follow the game.
0: Hey, um, uh, real quick, just because uh, I'm curious of your take on Gillespie from Baylor down low. Is he going to hold up okay? Is there foul risk? Would you? Is that someone you would fade, or is that kind of contrarian play?
1: I, I haven't played Gillespie much. Uh, he's he's a good player. He's a try-hard it's, he gets all the he old can tri-gar. out of his. Yeah, you know we, we know these guys, right? He, he's he's priced down a little bit. He's down to 7,300, but he's only hit 30 DK once in his last five games. He only had 23 uh, against Kansas on the road. So I at, at 7,300, I'm probably not going to be investing in him. I'd rather focus on the guards that have some upside, especially from behind the arc. Unless we good real life player, probably not super interested in him. Gotcha.
0: All right. Well, hey, let's, uh, let's go ahead and on that wrap up our don't go overboard section. Those are the games we will take a piece or two from, but let's not go crazy. All those over unders are under 127 or less. So these aren't going to be a lot of points scored amongst those eight teams in those four games. Our next group, um, we have one, two, three, four, five games in what we've deemed the treadwater section. So this is where we want some exposure. And, uh, Bert, who, who kicks off that group?
1: Yeah, so the first one's from your SEC, Tennessee at Auburn. Auburn's a heavy 10-point favorite with an over-under of 132. Uh, Joe, dive in.
0: Dive in. Uh, Auburn's lost two in a row for the second time this year. So, uh, And these last two losses have been real bad. Um, granted, they were both on the road, but at Missouri, at Georgia, um, those are games that you know a, a 20-something-and-two team should win, you would think. But... Now they come back home, which I think the 10-point line is good, and I think they'll take care of business against Tennessee. But at the same time, uh, Auburn is not – they are not anywhere near last year's team um, as far as making a run. They have played a very weak schedule. It's it's not a team I put a lot of faith in. The good news on the Auburn front, though, is Isaac Okoro has been practicing – um, since they are tournament bound, and like I said, 22-4, and four, uh, Bruce Pearl has said that he's not going to rush coro back or he's going to be extremely cautious with him. When he missed the last game, um, it meant uh, a pickup uh, in minutes for uh, Devin Cambridge, but ultimately, uh, Purifoy, McLemore, th- those forwards that kind of all rotate in picked up a couple more minutes as well. On the Tennessee side of things, they're playing a little bit better the year's kind of been a rebuild for them my uh gpp play um the guy i think's got some good upside is from tennessee in this one and that's josiah jordan james he's a guard he's at 5400 so he needs about 25 to to hit 5x which is what we consider a win in the gpp this is a guy who's kind of a do it everything six seven point forward type he missed uh, a bunch of time um, came back got 27 dk his first game back wasn't so good as last time out but I think he's in a in a good spot against uh, a not a very deep Auburn team that could be missing a coro to have a lot of success kind of leading the Vols uh, as they they get active in this one. Now, uh, Bird, you have a play from this game as well too, right?
1: I do. I have a tournament play as well in Austin Austin Wiley from Auburn forward 7100 and again this is really dependent on coro status like Joe said. They're they're approaching it with an abundance of caution. Is what Pearl said tonight. If Wiley gets 30 minutes, he smashes, right, Joe? And you, you covered this, and that's that's yeah. that's been his, his weakness is if he only plays 20, 22 minutes usually, but if he's going to play 30 minutes, he has as much upside as probably anybody in the tournament.
0: Yeah, he he's a 1.5 point per minute guy when he's right, yeah. you know, and that's yeah. you put that to a 30 minute slate and you're smashing nightly. So that's that's he's crazy if you can guarantee his minutes.
1: Yep, and he's got he's got 40 and 54 DK points in his last three games. He averages 6.5 more DK points at home, and so I think that's that the type of upside that we're looking for in a tournament.
0: So that's about all I got on that one. If you want to put a bow on that, and move on to the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, let's do it. So Michigan at Purdue is the next one. Purdue is a two point home favorite. Over under of 132. Uh, James is is Michigan back?
2: I don't know. I'm gonna. I think there's two <laughs> two ways to look at that. One, they hit a very favorable part of their schedule recently. And they played Nebraska, Northwestern, Indiana. Uh they played Rutgers a couple times once was at Madison Square Garden. Now they did beat Sparty at home, you know, which is it was a nice win. But they also had Livers back, um, for the Michigan State Northwestern and in the IU game. He had four X in each of those three games actually. And still not sure on him. He was in a walking boot, but he traveled with the team and so don't really know. Um you'll definitely want to keep keep an eye out if you're interested in playing anyone from this game, but Michigan don't give up the three. They're going into Purdue. Purdue loves shooting a three well at home. Kind of be interesting to see which one wins out there. Um, but I think regardless, you know, you can look at a guy like, um, Wagner's 6400. He's been pretty consistent. Um, he's a guy I think you can play in cash all day long. Um, GPP, I probably would avoid there, but. If livers doesn't go I think you can look at Eli Brooks um, he struggled last couple of games only two for ten from three but Purdue's pretty bad at defending the three so um you know he's a guy that can probably get some open looks on the purdue side if you remember the last time these two played went into double over overtime and you had the infamous Trevion Williams game where he had a monster
1: 68 DK points 68
2: DK. Six yeah. 20 yeah <laughs> that's a good deal so, yeah, he had a big one. He's actually looked better of late. Um, he's 6,800. He had 5X and 6X games, um, in two of his last three. So he's not, not a bad play considering the history there. Maybe I don't no. know that I would expect that same output as the first time, but not a guy that's going to cost you a ton and could, could put up a, a nice game. Hey, uh,
0: James, I got a two part question for you on, on mm-hmm. Purdue. Um, at just a game over 500, are they in absolute desperation mode right now? And do you think this is a tournament team?
2: I personally don't think it's a tournament team, but I, I do think they are in desperation mode. Um, they've had some problems. This team, personality wise, they haven't really quite put it together. Um, I thought they, they won three in a row there, and Jihad Proctor had kind of started to step up and knock down some shots and kind of be more of the guy they, they thought he was going to be. Um, but they've had just some really inconsistent play with all their players up and down the roster, and uh, just have never really been able to put it together. And sometimes they'll have that weird game where they, you know, beat Iowa 104 to 68 out of nowhere, <laughs> and it's right. like, oh, maybe they figured it out, and then they just then drop they lose three to Nebraska. Exactly right. So that's kind of the way it's been all year. I don't think it's a tournament team, but I do believe that they're they're going to bring it tomorrow, and I, I think this could be a, a. Wouldn't surprise me if this game went into OT as well. Awesome.
1: Bird, what do we got next? And next on the list, we have Missouri at Arkansas. Arkansas is an eight-point favorite with an over-under of 136. Uh, Joe, you're SEC guy. Uh, yep. What are your thoughts on this one?
0: So this if you look at the numbers, this is actually the fastest game on the slate. So I'm surprised that the over-under is just 136. This game is going to be sloppy as well because these teams aren't the cleanest um, and not the best at protecting the basketball. So between the speed and some of the messiness, this could be a lot of DFS value here. Big news for Arkansas, Isaiah Joe is practicing, and that team has been lost without him. He's questionable, um, but he's been practicing as of Monday. And if he gets back, hopefully they can kind of regroup and get back to the way they were playing before uh, he went down with the knee. Missouri, on the other hand, is playing a little bit better, all things considered. Um, Still without uh, Mark Smith, still without uh, Tillman. Um, But uh, Xavier Pinson has just exploded in his last four games and is finally getting priced up. You know, there was a couple of games where we had uh, DK hadn't adjusted to his recent output. But in his last four, he's just been uh, insane. I think he's fully in play and still a good value at his current price. Outside of that, when you're talking Arkansas, you're talking about Mason Jones He's another person out there who's expensive, but can go out and break a slate as well. So, overall, good, sloppy, pacey game. I, I like the pricing on on all sides. Um, so
2: have at it. Hey Joe, quick question: The Reed, Nico, and Mitchell Smith, the two forwards for uh, Missouri, both of them had pretty nice games. I think twenty-three and twenty-four DK respectively. Are those? Two guys that in a kind of a value position there under 4,500 that we could look at in this game.
0: Uh, You know, I kind of, I kind of think, and we talked about this, I can't remember, we just were talking about, um, the way players can kind of cannibalize each other's minutes, and I mm-hmm. think that's what you get a little bit with Reed Ninko, Mitchell Smith, Kobe Brown, who they're kind of rotating in in the post right. to make up for those Tillman minutes. They've had weeks now to separate one from the other, and they just haven't. So you're really flipping coins. It okay. reminds me a lot of like the that Colorado post situation where just no one no one refuses to take that over, but both show signs. Right.
1: Joe, I think you hit on a lot of the good plays there. Adriel Bailey's uh, 4,900. Uh, he seems to be getting pretty steady minutes recently, you know, 30 minutes, 28 minutes, 29 minutes.
0: There's no one not, in the paint. Not, he not, has no, to.
1: No other options. And then, like you said, Mason Jones is averaging 38 DK points at home, especially if Isaiah Joe's out. His usage is going to be higher than, than maybe anybody on the slate.
0: Yep, and Jimmy Witt's always going to be steady at 6,500. He's not. That's not. That's not a dangerous price for him. Um, he's got that that old man YMCA basketball game, which you can respect from afar, as we get up there in age. But uh, you know, (laughs) yeah, at 6,500, if you if you like Jimmy, go for it. Desi Uh, Sills as as well. Thirty minutes. You know,
1: Joe, as you would say, you want to put a bow on on that one.
0: Yeah, let's put bows on everything.
1: Yeah, so for our bucket heads that are playing the drinking game at home, uh, put a bow on it. Is you can, you can drink. I do, get that that one.
0: Lot. <laughs> I do say that a lot. I do say that
1: a lot. The next one is Houston at Memphis. Uh, Houston is a three-point road favorite, uh, over-under of 137. Kind of an intriguing game here. Uh, for, for Houston, Quentin Grimes is doubtful. Uh, so that opens up roughly 30 minutes and 22% of usage at the guard position. Uh, probably means a little bit more usage for Nate Hinton uh who actually has sub 20% usage so it's amazing he does so well uh considering um how little he actually you know shoots the ball I saw um, that
0: today that was interesting I,
1: Joe our boy uh, Giro from from Houston continues to just <laughs> not get enough minutes uh he's so frustrated Back in the doghouse Oh my gosh that guy uh Marcus Sasser is getting 30 plus minutes in three straight games uh, he's had a 5x and a, sec- a 7x over that time uh, Memphis is the number one effective field goal defense in the nation but pretty good value there and then James I think you've got a nice cash option here as well uh, with with Grimes being doubtful
2: yeah it's actually my GPP but uh, Caleb Mills at, he's a guard 5700 he had 6x versus Tulsa in 26 minutes uh, the game that Grimes actually went down Memphis does play good defense they uh are number one in tempo and conference so should be a lot of possessions in that game so that's a guy I think that Especially if Grimes doesn't go, Um, I think he could get a lion's share of the minutes there and uh, and make an impact, especially at 5,700.
1: Yeah, I like that. That makes sense. Uh, From a Memphis perspective, uh, Precious Achua has over 40 DraftKings points in three straight games, 27% usage, elite rebounding rates, block upside. Uh, Houston is a good rebounding team, uh, but at 8,300, I feel like Precious is a really good option to get at least 35 DK points, if not more. And then my cash game play is also on this one, and that's Boogie Ellis. Boogie's got a 4X in seven of his last eight games. He averages six more DK points at home. And sadly, you know, the 137 over under is one of the higher over unders on the slate. It is. So he's a, he's a pretty safe option. Beyond yeah, those two, really, Memphis, Memphis is 24th most bench minutes in the nation. A lot of kind of risky tournament options. Uh, some good players, but just it's kind of a mess with the depth that Penny Hardaway plays with. Uh, any other plays that really stand out in this game to you, Joe, or, or James?
0: Not really. I have a hard time with Houston um, and Memphis. I, I I like playing Achua, but I tend to miss on their other players.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. So uh, I think let's move on to uh, the Big East. Thank God for the Big East and for DFS purposes. <laughs> they continue to bring the heat for us. Uh, Villanova at Xavier. This should be a great game. Uh, Nova is a one-point road favorite with an over-under of 137. Uh, give me Xavier Moneyline, and uh, Joe, what are your thoughts?
0: Uh, I like that. I like that bet, and I also like that this is the last tip of the slate, and you know, if you like that, that late heat, you like chasing people down, you get a couple people from this game in your lineup, and when they're tipping at 130 and playing at 330 when everybody else is done – and this game's coming down to the wire, or maybe even sneaking out in overtime. You're getting some of that, that some of that late heat. So um, enjoy that aspect of it as well. Um, overall, this is this is an awesome game. Two elite teams in the in the conference. Villanova, we know who they are. They've been the same team for the last two months. They just continue to get stronger and stronger. Their pricing hasn't changed on all of their guys. But what would you say, $300 up and down for the last two months? I mean, everybody's yep. healthy and everybody does their thing. So Villanova, if, if you if you don't know who they are or what you're getting from them, this is your first time playing DFS, and that's okay. In that case, play Gillespie, play Bay. All the starters are fine. On the Xavier side of the house, I was stunned to see Tyreek Jones uh, has now comfortably passed Najee Marshall as their top price player. But then I saw uh, Jones's uh, game log, 14 points, 15 rebounds per game over his last eight. He is crushing it inside, and I'm not sure uh, the freshman Robinson Earl is going to be able to match him down there. So Tyreek Jones is expensive, but he's in excellent form and is going to do work. Najee Marshall is probably my favorite musketeer. 8400 is a lot to pay, but I love his game. Unfortunately, Villanova is one of the teams that can match his size and athleticism on the wing with, uh, like, a Sadiq Bey, so I, or even a Samuels. So I'm not overly high on Nazi Marshall at 8400, but I do love him as a player. My cash play, the guy I think is going to be safe for 4X is Paul Scruggs. The guy's a gamer. You know, Scrub is a guy uh, that is getting love from me. That's all i got. Oh, I'm my saying. God. He did a it. Scruggs, a Scruggs. Scruggs. I did it. I, I do want
1: no Scruggs.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, Paul Scruggs is my cash play. Um, 6500 I think, super safe at home. And li- like Bird said, this is going to be a, a nice, tight game through and through. And uh, the main players are going to be main players. So have at it.
1: Yeah, and Joe, I think you also have your value play here. Maybe a, maybe a dandy and kai-kai tandy.
0: Ah, I like that. That is uh, very creative. Yeah, Kai Kai is uh, is a freshman, and he's someone who's kind of been around that 10, 15 minutes trying to figure out what they got. But recently, he's really seen his workload increase. Um, he's gotten he had third, a, a season high thirty minutes last game and uh, has really done an excellent job kind of picking up the scoring scoring load for for Xavier helping out in the scoring and against a team like Villanova you're going to have to match him with buckets and I think he's someone who could put the biscuit in the basket and at forty three hundred having gotten four x I think in four three of his last four uh, I think he's a pretty safe bet to get you that 15, 16 he needs to to hit value
1: yeah I like that really fun game and I think people forget. Villanova is 66th right now in defensive efficiency. It's not like they're an elite defensive team this year. They're fine, but certainly not elite. So Xavier at home, a lot of nice options. Just overall, a lot of nice options in that game. Uh, let's move on to our uh, our dive in section. So these are there's only two games listed here. Uh, both have an over under of 143. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is Duquesne at Dayton. Uh, Dayton is a 15 point favorite. Dayton is the most efficient offense on the planet. And uh, James, any thoughts on this one?
2: These two teams played already, um, at, uh, Duquesne. Uh, Dayton won that game. So obviously, as you mentioned, pretty heavy favorite here. I'm going to go with Obi Toppin as my cash play in this game, actually. Um, he's at 8,800, which is a tad bit on the, uh, the higher price side for him, but down a little bit from where he was last game. Um, he struggled, uh, last couple games on the road. Uh, he did have 40 at Duquesne, 40 DK. So he would only need 35. Uh, to hit cash value here and being at home and it just feels like, uh, you know, this is going to be a spot that he'll, he'll cruise in. Um, not sure that I like him as much in GPP, but I, I think he'll be a pretty safe cash play.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And I think the, the rest of the, the flyers make, you know, they're just kind of the usual suspects. One kind of weird one, Jalen Crutcher actually averages seven less DK points at home than on the road, mm-hmm. which is super weird. Yeah. Um, he, he's always involved, always a good player. And Landers can get hot, too. He's he's certainly a tournament option. Uh, Anybody on the Duquesne side?
2: Yeah, Marcus Weathers, he's 7,900. He had 4x the last time these two played. Um, He's averaging 35 DK on the road. Um, So he's somebody that you can look at. Obviously a tough matchup. But uh, Michael Hughes is another guy, 6,900. He actually had 5x last time, and he's flashed 44 DK um, just a few games ago, four games ago. Um, so he's somebody else that you can look at in a GPP tournament. You know, 6900 is not going to break the bank. Really on the Dayton side, uh, I think you had mentioned the, the big three there go with some of the other guys, maybe not quite as interested in, uh, in this one, but, uh, I think the core plays there, um, should come through.
1: Yeah. Sincere, sincere carry also for the Dukes has, uh, yep. at least 30 DK and, in four of his last five games, obviously, you know, on the road, it's going to be a little bit tougher. Uh, Dayton's a, is a great team, uh, really, really fun team to watch. Dayton's got a lot of love this year, des- deservedly so from DraftKings and a fun team to see in the, uh, week to week. For sure. All right. Should we drop into our last game here? Uh, Marquette at Providence is, is our last one. Again, an over under 143. Uh, Marquette is actually a one point road favorite. And again, so give me Providence as a bet there. Uh, Joe, you want to drop a, drop some bombs on us here?
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Again, I like I like the home team as well. Providence is still in must must win mode, so uh, Marquette coming into town is a game that'll get a lot of eyes on it. But ultimately, it's nothing nothing too daunting for Providence. Um, we've talked in the past, and we'll say it real quick again. Marcus Howard is not the same player on the on the road as he is at home. Um, I actually have Marcus Howard as my bus play. Now, let me first say if you like Marcus Howard playing, I see him as a bust as someone who's going to have a hard time getting to the 37 that he would need to hit four times his value. He's only hit 37 once since January 24th. He is like we mentioned, uh, not as seven points less per game on the road than he is at home. And Providence is a team that's going to defend. Howard did drop 39 on them in Milwaukee earlier in the year. So I think, uh, Cooley should have that team refocused and uh, looking to shut him down. On the Providence side of the ball, Alpha Diallo's eight thousand dollars. Now this is a guy who's a nine nine thousand dollar player. You're getting at eight thousand dollars, so I'd get him put in. In his last three games, he's got a fifty, a fifty-five, and a thirty-eight. So I, I just think you're getting him at a bargain bargain price. I, I still can't play Duke for Providence, but uh, Louie Pipkins is playing a lot better. He's five x in his last two with the challenge of Howard coming into town, I would I would think he'd be uh in a good spot as well.
1: Yeah, Diallo probably has one of the safest floors on the entire slate. At that eight thousand dollar price point, I, I love him. Um I think he's probably a guy that we'd all would say is, is a great cash option, but also has tournament upside to, to win a tournament.
0: Agree. This and this will be an excellent game. Other I'm not crazy about the other Marquette pricing. Um Kobe McEwen is always someone who i like as a player and if you're going to bet against howard he's normally the one to step up the scoring in his absence so you could go that route but i'd probably more lean towards fading marquette playing a select group of friars and going in that direction instead
1: yeah i think that makes a lot of sense but has played a little bit better recently he's been pretty steady uh, but yeah on the road providence tough team uh, ed cooley i think is a, is a very good coach they'll be prepared
0: Well, that does it for our dive-in section. We've covered all 10 games. Recapping our CVGB selections, our cash plays were Paul Scruggs, Boogie Ellis, and Obi Toppin. Our value plays, those guys under 4500 are Will Baker, Kai Kai Tandy, and Taz Sherman. The GPP guys, the guys with a little extra upside, Josiah Jordan-James, Austin Wiley, and Caleb Mills. Guys, we nailed those three. I really like that group. And then our bus plays, our people were saying – we don't hate the players. We're just off of them for this slate. That's uh, Mamadi Diake, Marcus Howard, and Derek Culver. That's our cash value, GPP, and bus plays. Last week, we went 7 out of 12. Bird, you went a cool 4 for 4 last week, and you kind of lead our internal competition. You have 34 correct on the year, James 31, me 30. With only having a couple of pods left, you might be getting close to clinching this thing if you can have another big week. We are at 57% on the year. We've hit 95 out of 168. I feel good about the selections today. What about you guys? You, you like you like our selections?
2: I do, actually. I think GPP is an area we've really struggled in, which if we didn't struggle in that, then we probably would be really good at this. But <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Now, I do want to disclaim,
0: though. So to, to score a point in our competition, the GPP has to go five times as value. And so if yeah. he gets four and he, he's fine... He's fine, but he doesn't score for us. So there's many times where, you know, the guy will get 4X, not 5X, and, you know, won't count for us.
2: Yeah, but I, I do. I agree with you. I like our plays this week there.
0: Yeah, I
1: All like right. our plays, and I like our bucket heads. Uh, you know, continue to rate us, review us, talk to your friends, uh, add some followers. Let's kind of grow the game here as we get towards March. You know, it's a really exciting time of year. Uh, we're locked in. Our articles were just straight up fire this week
0: they were they were
1: yeah fantastic. humble
0: brag humble brag they were they were electric we saw a lot a lot of screenshots with a lot of people winning money for the questions that we got over twitter thank you for sending those in again we feel you on those lineup construction questions um, but good luck tomorrow hopefully we give you some stuff that you can glean from this podcast and uh, and put towards your lineups and uh, win all of the money all right joe why don't you take us out I will. The website, www, because I know you guys like it when I put that <laughs> www in there, right? It's very H-T-T-P important. HTTP colon backslash backslash <laughs> www.cbb-dfs.com. The Twitter, at cbb-dfs.com. Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are found. Awesomeness. <laughs> right here um <laughs> that's it guys um good luck saturday have a great weekend and we'll see you guys soon take care of dads <laughs>